We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Welcome everybody, Steve Cunningham with Sus Fidel. I'm coming at you with Martin Carrion to talk about somebody you may not know or ever heard of before, the holy man of Tours, Leo the Pont or Leon the Pont. Uh, Pope Pius IX declared him perhaps the greatest miracle worker in church history. So you heard of St. Vincent Ferrer. Uh, they, there's a sermon I have on the channel where Father talks about that was a miracle when he did not perform miracles. It's quite possible that uh, Venerable DuPont had more miracles than St. Vincent Ferrer did, but nobody has a clue who he is. So I asked, I've been searching for a while and finally had somebody that would say yes to me. <laughs> Maybe because I'm the only one I don't speak French. I don't know. But Martin, thank you for coming on. Thank you for saying yes. Uh, how are you? And uh, he's a relative, or just he's in the uh, Leo's in the in the family photos, right? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, of course, I am a relative by marriage. Uh, the relative of uh, uh, the venerable Papin Dupont is actually my wife, and that is how I discovered him. I had, like many people, I had no idea of his existence. Uh, and so I have been doing family genealogy. It's one of my passions. And um, I have been working on this for quite some time. I think I've been working on my wife's genealogy for now probably five years. And in the process of this, uh, I came across his name because the Venerable Papin Dupont, um, his his, uh, both from the maternal and the paternal side are related to my wife. So it's not, it's not just from, from one side, it's actually from both sides. Uh, and so when I discovered that, um, I began investigating about him and I was delighted to find that, there, you know, there was some information on Wikipedia, there were some books in English, uh, but there wasn't a, um, a Facebook page. Uh, dedicated to him. So I created one and uh, the genealogical information that I've been able to uh, find, I placed in a in a blog uh, that is dedicated basically to the family of my wife. And so in short, uh, his family are, uh, they're French that immigrated um, uh, to, uh, but more precisely, they colonized the island of Martinique, which is in the Caribbean. Uh, during the 1700s. And um, his family then established themselves as uh, landowners, uh, both from the paternal and the maternal side. And they became very wealthy and they became also um, not, only, not only wealthy, but, but, but uh, major landowners in, uh, in, in Martinique. 
in especially in the sugar cane uh, plantation or business. So you can imagine how much money that brought in during that particular time period. And so my wife is related uh, to him by his, excuse me, by her grandmother, who is uh, Berthe de Gagnon Jolimont de Marolles, who of course has the same last name as um, Papin de Pont's uh, mother, uh, who was also a Gagnon Jolimont de Marolles. And in my process of finding more about the, the venerable Papin de Pont, I thought, well, maybe there's family of his in Martinique that are still there. Because from the maternal side, from the maternal side of the venerable Papin de Pont, they all came back to France uh, around the, the 1850s. Um, so there are no, um, for short, I'm going to use the, the, because since it's a long last name, I'm going to use Demarol. Mm -hmm. um, so the Demarol family came back around the 1850s and, and basically never returned back to the island. Uh, so the maternal side of Papin Dupont's family no longer exists in, the, in, in, in Martinique. Their graves, of course, uh, st are still there, and even their houses are now uh, a museum, museums. However, I was shocked to find out that his family, uh, who are directly related to him, are still there. The Papin Dupont de Lepine family it, uh, it continues to live in Martinique, and I've entered into direct uh, communication uh, with Madame Beatrice uh, Papin Dupont de Lépine, uh, and and uh, we have uh, you know exchanged genealogical information, and she gave me permission to to establish the only genealogical block in existence uh, with regards to the Papin Dupont de Lépine family, and that is where I incorporated the information that I was finding out about the venerable Papin. So that was just wonderful um, to know that that he still has family in the island, and of course, uh, more distant family through my wife's uh, relations. But I was shocked to find out that my family, that my wife's family, the Demarol family, don't uh, the, at least the current, um, maybe the grandparents did, but not the new generations don't know anything about him. But, but his family in Martinique, they sure do, because, uh, for example, where he was baptized, there is a plaque um, that says here the, the, the famous um, uh, holy man of Tours was baptized, you know, so it's a little bit difficult to get, to get away from it, considering that, that it is part of the island's uh, history, the existence of the Venerable Papin. Um, and that is my personal discovery of this wonderful person. Yeah, I was reading about that when you were at, talking about that were emails, and I was—I didn't even think about that being in the Caribbean at the time of reading the book, and just two plus two wasn't equal in four because I'm not the smartest man alive. But there was a couple great stories about this one lady walking into a mass with these big jewelries on, and he pops her upside the head. Uh, I, I know that's it's probably not coming up, but the the uh, family's probably not bringing that up. 
but he was a very devout that, that, guy. That, that must have been uh, well. There are many stories of him. Uh, in, apparently, he must have had a bit of a temper. <laughs> that, that, that I think is is is, is the truth. Um, what, what is of course wonderful is. Um, but everyone everyone loved what he did. Even the even the the person's friends were like, or not. She didn't have any friends, but they were going. Yeah, she need, she needed a good slap on upside the head, but uh, yeah, he, he he apparently punched the taxi cab driver for uh, misusing our Lord's name. But then he stopped and started telling him, "If you do that again, why don't you just beat me?" So yeah, he stopped. Yeah. He stopped the punching. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, the wonderful thing about him is that when you read his life, you discover that despite uh, his high birth, because not only was Papin de Pong a rich man, uh, but he was also a nobleman. Uh, in fact, his his maternal um, uncle uh, was the Count de Marolles, whom he visited regularly um, uh, in France when he was in France both studying and also when he moved uh, permanently to France. Uh, but he was he was a noble both by the paternal and the maternal side, and at that time, uh, I mean now we we don't necessarily think of of these things because we're so far removed from that. But to be a noble from both sides was meant a lot. It was not just a matter that he had money; it was also a, ma a matter that he was uh, a nobleman. But despite the money and his high birth, it, I think it's clear that he attempted to live uh, a very humble life and uh, attempted to be um, a person that really lived to the gospel in the sense of being down to earth, being with the people. Mm -hmm. um, there are many uh, stories where, where he partakes in in uh, conferences that uh, the local, you know, priest gives, and uh, in tour, for example, where he's seated with uh, all types of people—people people that that are workers, people that that are um, that don't know how to read, don't know how to write—he sits with them. He doesn't sit above them. He sits with them. Um, whereas I'm sure. A person of his status could have managed to to get a better seat, yeah. <laughs> but um, his biographer, uh, uh, the the father Jean Vier, describes uh, him sitting with all sorts of people, engaging in in communication, in, in talking to. I think he also was probably in um, very much a talker. Um, uh, he he probably engage, engaged. Uh, a lot of people because he wanted for people to fall in love, I think, with uh, God. And 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 uh, you cannot possibly do that if you uh, have pretenses uh, or act as if you were superior. Yeah. Uh, quite the contrary. Yeah, it's like that one. He, there's a story that he's uh, riding a cab and the guy couldn't read. And he gives him a St. Benedict medal and they're talking throughout the whole thing. And he's kind of like whispering, "This can help you out. It's this is for somebody else to read." He goes, "Who?" Because I can't read it. I give it back to you. And just think about giving a medal to somebody. He had, he was. There was a story of him going to uh, Dom Guerinier, and just sitting there listening to him. He was a big fan of the uh, Carmelites and the Benedictines, and was passing yes. out Benedict medals. Yes, 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 and that's. 
that's uh, that's the sort of person that he was. Apart from a, a person that probably probably got angry, and and like you mentioned, um, he loved the Lord so much that that he simply was not going to put up with anyone disrespecting the Lord, mm-hmm. and and thus of course his his greatest crusade which was and in a way is because it continues on to the to our present day to stamp out blasphemy uh, in in many of its forms yeah there was another one of not just punching somebody but he's walking in the streets of france after he gets there i guess for the final time and he sees an immodest photo and he basically sidekicks it and pays the Mm -hmm. owner for the damage telling him you know don't do it again here's the money for it i mean this the stories that I had, like, I had love for our Lord, like you said, he's had like a righteous anger. Yes, 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 yes. He, uh, if he would have been alive today, he would have been probably taken in a couple of times uh, by the police. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we think we get mad. How... This guy was, he was on fire. Yeah. It wasn't going to take it. Uh, so, did how was he, would he get married? Do you have any kids? Well, his life is tragic, um, and I think that also contributes to his um, his future vocation, uh, which is basically bringing uh, spreading the gospel to all. Um, he is sent to France. He's sent to France to study, obviously, because Martinique, uh, you know, he they only had tutors, and it was not sufficient enough for him. And for the ambitions, I think, of his of his family, and so he's sent uh, to study at a boarding school. He returns again uh, to Martinique, and then he re- goes back to um, study law, basically. And in the company of of uh, his family members, he meets uh, this uh, young woman uh, by the last name of Dofridi, uh, Caroline Dofridi. Uh, who we assume uh, is also a noble lady, um, and both happen to be from Martinique, actually. Mm-hmm. She was studying at the Ursuline convent in Tours. So that was actually his first connection to Tours, the, the city, the fact that uh, this lady was studying there. And also, the, and also because his uncle's castle, um, where he and his mother stayed often, was also um, the castle Chissé uh, was very, very close to Tours. So that is the connection to, to Tours. And uh, he marries this, this woman and he returns to Martinique. Uh, and within two years of giving birth, she dies. And so he uh, goes back uh, to France as probably as a way to to move to try to move on with his life or 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 maybe um overcome the grief you know changing locations he could have certainly stayed in in martinique but he decides to to take his daughter uh henriette uh and uh move actually to uh to uh they they do a bit of sightseeing they stay with his his uh, uncle uh, in the in the Chisse, and but then they they establish themselves permanently in two, and the reason why is because apparently uh, the mother of Henriette Caroline, uh, the wife of uh, the venerable Papin, 
insisted that uh, her daughter be brought up by the Ursuline sisters, uh, where she herself studied in Tours. So that's the other reason why uh, the Venerable Papin chose Tours to establish himself and his daughter uh, permanently. And then years later, uh, unfortunately, his daughter also dies at the age of 15. And to add to the family tragedy, uh, his brother uh, died, not, not uh, at the same time his, his uh, daughter died, but, but uh, much, much, uh, much um, earlier when he was still uh, a young man, uh, his brother uh, died uh, as well. And so we, ha we, we have uh, his wife, his daughter, his brother, and of course, uh, his father, who died, who died as well, not at the same time, but much, much earlier. So really, he's only left with his mother. Uh, he's only left with his mother, and I assume also with the maternal family, uh, the de Marol family, the Count de Marol and, and his um, sons, as really his only family. But his very, very uh, direct family are basically gone except for his mother. So all of that, I, con I think, contributed tremendously, must have tremendously contributed to his uh, state of mind, uh, to his desires uh, to, to make himself, uh, as, as he himself puts it, or his biographer puts it, uh, useful to God. And yeah, the book, uh, Holy Man of oh, Taurus. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the book, Holy Man of Taurus, you read it, that the uh, section on his daughter's death was, uh, it was just incredibly moving. Uh, it writes about the doctor who wasn't even religious was bawling in the corner from the conversation that they were having with each other. Um, yeah. He wanted to be a priest before all this, though, right? There's something about his thumbs. Exactly, exactly. He wanted to become a priest uh, even before he left uh, to study law, um, his second return to France. Um, he wanted to become a priest, but given the death of his brother, basically he was left as the quote-unquote man in charge of the family. And so uh, his, 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 what we assume probably at the time was his confessor, his uh, his spiritual guide told him that despite his desire, he could still do good. He could still make an impact mm -hmm. in people's life as a layman. Now that of course is, is, is quite revelatory because we don't think of lay people as being able to make any sort of impact unless you're religious. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that in fact, with the life of Papin, of uh, uh, Leon Papin Dupont, we, we sort of see that uh, a vocation can be can be really found in any profession, not just, of course, that of a of a priest, but also as a as a you know banker, a teacher, uh, you know, in, in your case, Steve, a a a, uh, a social media guru. <laughs> <laughs> no, and yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was a priest that uh, there was something about he had mangled thumbs or some accident as a child. And uh, uh, the, the priest a, told him something, you will become great as a layman or you will you something important in the world as a layman. Like you said, it was a very uh, revealing for him at the time for uh, down the road. Yes, uh, that event took place, I, I believe, with his um, with his cousin, the son of the um, 
the count. Uh, they were playing around as as kids. Uh, I assume adolescents by you know maybe fourteen, fifteen, and uh, he. I think his 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 cousin places his hands and, and of course part of it will be his thumb in a type of uh, I assume is a is a, a little gate or something and Leon Papin tells him you know you must move your hands or I will again I, it, this probably shows also the type of person he was this determination that he had he basically told him move it or lose it <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, his uh, actually his, his his cousin's name is also Leon uh, Leon de Marol. Uh, he does not move it. So what does Papin Dupont do? He shuts it. And so <laughs> I'm afraid he disfigured his the hand or the thumb of his of his cousin. And I think that that moment was for him a a, a spiritual awakening because he sort of had to come to grasp with his his deed, you know, was it correct? Was it good? Given the impact, obviously, that it had on the on the on the future of his cousin, and apparently things were 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 not that bad because his cousin is the executor of his will, and uh, he he comes uh, basically during the last moments of his life, in uh, and, uh, and and receives instruction from him about what to do with with his belongings and of, of what we assume probably uh, is still a small fortune because he spent most of his incredible fortune on the poor yeah i read uh, there was a lot on that too uh, i remember there's a story about him going to or getting invited to notre dame and got front row it was basically like a front row ticket to the first pew and for the ordinations and he was just bawling as how, how beautiful it was and the explanation in the book was just you it put it it puts you right there with them almost he just got lost in the mass yes yes there's no doubt that for for papa Dupont, according to his biographer the holy eucharist was truly at the heart of his life um there are occasions in which he says uh that he is so unworthy to receive the host in its entirety that he would prefer to lick from the floor whatever minuscule uh, fragments happened to have fallen as you know the priest was inserting the host into into the tongue of um, or placing the host on the tongue of another person. That's that 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 was his feeling about the you know the, his love uh, for for the for the Eucharist uh, and and his sense of unworthiness um, for sure. And he did naturally live in a time where uh, the Eucharist was more at the center of people's lives in relation to the liturgy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for example, uh, when, pe when people were about to die, they received the, the viaticum or the, the, final, the, the last rites. But you would have a priest that would go from, you know, the parish church to the house of someone else. And so you would have a a uh, a acolyte or 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 maybe just even a layman and in fact uh, his biographer said that this was one of his favorite things to do which was to accompany the priest um usually the the the, the person that would accompany the priest would ring a bell mm -hmm. to tell people that that god that christ was coming to the to this person's house mm -hmm. 
And uh, so, you know, that, that of course all contributed very much to his love for the, for the Eucharist, I'm sure. And there was a, speaking of his piety, he was, there was a story of him trying to find St. Martin, Martin's as after oh, revolution. Yes. And he's talking to somebody selling vegetables on the corner. And she was astounded after she brought him to the, uh, the site where it used to stand. He removed his hat and was very pious in that, in that moment. And then they just talked about what happened and where the body's buried, etc. There is no doubt, I mean, that uh, Papin Dupont's arrival to Tours is historical uh, in many ways. Uh, not, not just because he sort of places Tours for over 30 years on the map as a result of, the, uh, of, of his devotion to the Holy Face, but also because of the discovery of the tomb of Saint Martin of Tours, as we will recall, Saint Martin of Tours was the famous Roman soldier, right? Who was mounted on a horse, and there was a poor man, and he breaks his own cape with his sword and gives to him. What I didn't know until I did a bit of research was that he became the bishop of that city. Yeah. And uh, the French Revolution. Uh, was catastrophic for Catholic life in France. And uh, in, in the sense that many sites of worship were unpurposely destroyed. Uh, and, and, and one of the things that the revolution wanted to do, of course, was to scrape uh, Catholicism off the map from France. Uh, in fact, the revolution went as far as to even change the calendar. Mm -hmm. The I, I suppose by that time it would have been the the Julian calendar that was adopted throughout the Europe or the Catholic world, uh, and they, you know, they they created their own uh, calendar. I mean, this was the extent to which the French Revolution wanted to wipe Catholicism. And Tours had been, prior to the revolution, uh, a hot spot for pil pilgrimages in France. Uh, and of course, whatever was was going to uh, be a hot spot for religiosity needed to be destroyed. And uh, after the revolution, we have, of course, the, the, the construction and, and of, of what later becomes the Basilica of St. Martin of Tours. But this, 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 this construction really takes place in, in, a, in an assumed area where people believe that the tomb might be located, not, not really uh, you know, with an, uh, with an exact uh, notion of where the tomb was, because the tomb uh, had was lost, was was buried under the rubble of the destruction of the French Revolution, and uh, Papin Dupont made made it one of his um, apart from, of course, the propagation of the Holy Faith, but one of his missions to uh, dig and uncover the tomb of Saint Martin. And in fact, in one of the stained glasses in the Basilica of Saint-Martin-de-Tours, there is an image of Papin Dupont directing because he actually was the, the, uh, the administrator of the, of, of the cathedral. So he was really uh, uh, very much in charge. Uh, to, to, to what extent, I'm not sure, but definitely uh, to, the, to the point that he financed some of the, uh, the, the, the digging and the, and the reconstruction. And lo and behold, after doing exactly what you said, 
uh, asking people that that especially the older people that could remember going back to uh, before the revolution, where the site of pilgrimage was exactly at. And so with all this information, we assume that he, that, that he helped greatly to what uh, becomes the rediscovery of the tomb of St. Martin of Tours. Yeah, the uh, the story with that lady, she was he was talking about what you were saying, and they tried building a road to go over the spot. They thought they knew where he was, the St. Martin, and they tried building a road over it so people would ride over his body. And she jokingly mm -hmm. says <laughs> that uh, all their calculations went off the scale somehow. And she she says something to the point of he he had so many miracles, you don't think he could pull off one more, and <laughs> diverted all those guys away from him. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. That was the insult that uh, the uh, the French revolutionaries wanted was, of course, so that his his body would be trampled. Um, and 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 all of these things, of course, brings us to the concept that the Venerable Papin um, makes famous, I think, which is the concept of reparation. Uh -huh. Um, and I, I don't know, Steve, if you want to chime in here and and, and talk before I go uh, before I go and, and talk more about it. Oh no, that was his main thing. Reparation was needed for the communists against the communists. And he saw the rev revolutionaries, and he was basically like sounding the bell. Uh, we got to stop this somehow. And there was a story about him uh, praying, and it's talking about needing he needed to do penance. Um, he was going into the uh, the Carmelite convent where a certain somebody was just becoming an novitiate, right? Right, 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 right. His, his idea of reparation must have come to him really early on, I think, because remember, we're talking about someone who had an early vocation for the priesthood. And so when you have a vocation when, for the priesthood, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. I mean, even even if your vocation is not realized, that that first uh, that first burn of the light, uh, some some people call it that first love, uh -huh. doesn't go away. Uh, it, it it is always there. And so I think is when he returned to France um, uh, the second time to study law. I think that's that's I think when he started to to conceptualize this notion of, of reparation. His notion of reparation is at many levels. The first level, uh, which I, I discussed with his relatives in Martinique, has to do, of course, where, where his money comes from. His money comes from his, it's, more, it's not just money, it's a, it's a fortune that, that I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't even think exactly, uh, you know, the, the value today in the millions, uh, perhaps even billions because his his uh, he inherited the lands of his father he also inherited the lands of his stepfather because uh his his mother uh, being a widow at the age of 22 remarried uh, monsieur d'arnaud and so he died as well so by the time that his that his mother and him uh and and, and, and child leave uh for Tours permanently or for France permanently, uh, he holds in his portfolio 
a vast amount of land and plantations, in mm -hmm. fact. And in these plantations, you had historically uh, uh, the, the plight of the African slave who was brought in to work uh, um, in these plantations. So Madame Beatrice uh, Papin de Pont de Lépine, who, as I mentioned, is a direct relative of his, uh, believes as, as well as I do that one of the reasons why he uh, didn't care to maintain uh, his fortune or expand his fortune, but in fact to deplete it, was because he was aware that his fortune came from human slavery, human toil. And so, uh, as Beatrice uh, said, said to me, uh, she believes uh, the, the family, uh, in fact, I, let's put it that way, the family of Papin Dupont and Martinique believe that in the expenditure of the fortune uh, and for the, for the use and for, for the purpose of uh, helping the poor as he did, and of course, the reconstruction of the basilica, for, for instance, as well, there you have uh, Leon Papin Dupont making a reparation uh, in, 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 in the sense of, um, uh, you know, of, of, of not keeping, quote unquote, this type of dirty money. Mm -hmm. So that's one reparation that obviously he he starts making because throughout his, his biography, uh, there are many examples of him giving out his money yeah. as if it was nothing, as if it was water, you know? We're, and just uh, for everyone to know, uh, the servants loved him. Uh, I yes. think at the end before he died, was it Adele that he basically let the, uh, uh, she spent the rest of her lives in the convent, I think it was. And all they wanted to do was be around him. Uh, for the rest of our lives, yes, they said. Yes. yes, he paid for the ed education of many, many, uh, many people as well. Uh, uh, both his his both servants, sons of servants, daughters of servants. I mean, we're talking about in 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 a, an amount of good deeds and good works that I you know that it would be interesting to do a catalog based on <laughs> his biographer of all the deeds that well, are quote unquote known and imagine the good deeds that are that that will never be known except to god which and, i didn't bring up but remember that story about the slapping of that lady with the jewelry that was a black lady <laughs> that he punched the side of the head and all the other all the servants of the household were like good on you for doing that <laughs> today well, I mean, today you talk about getting in trouble <laughs> Oh yes, but I, I I don't I mean I it's difficult to know of course from his biography what his what 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 if he if he saw it in terms of you know our, our modern context of you know no yeah yeah probably no, modern, probably yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's very difficult it, it, one thing of course we, we we try to do is not apply our modern concepts to to the to those concepts that existed during his time oh he won he won't survive in woke culture. <laughs> The woke well, culture we have today? No, he, he wouldn't make it. <laughs> he certainly was very privileged, and he took advantage of that privilege because I am sure he knew that no one would touch him. Yeah. Even if he slapped 40 people around and beat them with, with his cane, given who he was. Uh, but 
we assume that all of that uh, came from a place of love, uh, at least we hope. Oh, that's what I read. When I read it, I was thinking that it was he did it out of holy uh, reverence, anger, because it's the, like the like the lady. It was a distraction for everyone in the book. It was talking about it was loud and obnoxious, and everybody was watching. It took distraction from the altar, from the altar to her, and just like the guys in the cab that were blaspheming. He said, "You have uh, yes. the one one line was you have offended me. Uh, I I'm offended by that because you." You call, talk bad about my father, and they, they, he had to right. explain to him, which ended up being a type of evangelization. Right, right, and that and that brings us then to to the second reparation. So okay. one reparation which his family in Martinique agree with is, of course, repairing the 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 the, the notion of where his wealth came from by giving it to, to the poor. Uh, and, and the second reparation, uh, which was very close to him, had to do, of course, with the post-revolutionary culture in France. Because we, we, from our present point of view, we, you know, we don't necessarily think about what the French Revolution brought forth in France. And it brought forth uh, a, a transformation in culture where religion was, of course, displaced and um, not only religion was displaced, but also uh, religion in general was trampled. Uh, and, and the creation of this, this revolutionary state that lasted, of course, until Napoleon came in. Uh, and then there was a minor attempt at restoring the old order, and then it fell again. Uh, and so during this cultural transformation, you would you would have people that that perhaps 30 40 years earlier before the revolution would never think of bless uh, saying blasphe blasphemous things uh to their children or 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 among each other and the biographer makes it uh, a point to say that this this the cultural attitude was not just among the quote-unquote lower classes but it was also among the higher classes mm -hmm. so this could happen you know uh at any time in any in any moment by any type of class mm -hmm. and uh in fact i was interested at, at understanding what exactly was blasphemous um so i asked my wife uh who of course is french and i asked her if she could remember uh or know of any particular uh phrases that uh that uh you know, were typical after the French Revolution that people used. And so she, she gave me an example. So it would be basically saying the word God, which in French is Dieu, and saying, and, and then, you know, I don't want to do it, of course, because I don't want to be right, blasphemous, right. but then adding something negative. Uh -huh. We don't necessarily think of in English as that as being blasphemous. I mean, but anything, anything that is that that would take the word God and then add something negative to it would be thought of as being blasphemous to the French culture prior to the revolution, but then became very common for people to say after the revolution. So this is what uh, the what? Venerable Papin Dupont Dupin was trying to distinguish out from people's common parlance. Um, but and so and so that then made made me realize oh so the cab 
the the the, the cab driver must have said God and something, you right. know, maybe like a cat crossed him or something. And he's and, 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 and that is what just, you know, uh, made the Venerable Papan Dupont go ballistic. And uh, and so that was the second um, reparation, which was blasphemy. Uh, people no longer having respect for that which was once holy prior to the French Revolution. Right. And I'm sure that not only meant um, words, but also actions. And I think you you mentioned, Steve, uh, of all the times uh, that the biographer, um, Father Jean Vier, mentions that the Venerable Papin uh, showed uh, his pious way. Uh, but I think he, he was not just showing his pious way. He was, in fact, trying to show people reverence. It was not him really trying to be pious, but to lead by example. And remember, this man holds a high position in that in that city. He's he holds it by 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 virtue of his wealth, but also by virtue of even how he looked. He's described as a very tall man, very you know that you could pinpoint him you know among at least twenty people. You would say, aha, that's uh, that's Leon. So it seems that he was trying to show people the, the um, piety. He was trying to show them respect for the things that were once held to be holy, but no longer were held to be holy after the French Revolution. And he was one to you know, do, the, uh, do the example, too, because uh, he was a big hunter, loved hunting. Yes. But in his reparation idea, he, he talked about having to give it up. And that was when he, he started going to Dom Garanger's saying that he would love to be hunting right now, but in reparation, he's going to go study the faith. Exactly, exactly. So then it became this this notion of, of, of emptying himself of this dirty money. Second of all, uh, extinguishing blasphemy. Uh, verbal as well as as well as in terms of physical, right? Uh, the, the, you know, when you pass a church and and, and you don't even you know nod, um, you know things that 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 even in our culture, maybe in the 1950s, men would take off their hats when they pass the church, or or people would cross themselves when they pass the church. All of these things. Right. This third reparation, of course, has to do with the basilica, with what will later become the basilica of Saint Martin of Tours, but with the with the physical tomb of St. Martin of Tours, because that was destroyed uh -huh. after the French Revolution. So that, of course, is 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 in that um, uh, in, in that desire of reparation. And then, of course, um, which is which is talked about in his in his biography, but not fully, which is probably a political reparation. I think uh, our friend uh, Papin Dupont. Would have been would have been thrilled for the monarchy to be restored in France uh, for for uh, for for the I don't know to what extent the old regime uh, that was extinguished by the French Revolution to come back but some form of it mm -hmm. uh, he was he would probably have been in favor so so there was a bit of the political there was a bit of the re religious and there there was the the big there was then the other social conscience aspect. Of his multiple ways of, of of reparation, and to that story, naturally comes the uh, the veneration of the holy face. Um, 
And like you said, tour was a a a, a hotbed. Uh, I'm sorry, hot hotbed or 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 hot concentration, right? Of of these holy people in one place. You know what? And what amazing circumstances. Uh, and also how lucky that he was alive during several of these things, because in that same city, you have a uh, saint, uh, well, excuse me, not saint, she's not a saint yet, but uh, Marie de Saint-Pierre, sister uh, Mary of Saint Peter, right, in English, Marie de Saint-Pierre, who was a Carmelite. And uh, she uh, started to have visions uh, and she she writes this vision. She shares shares them with her prior uh, her, her her mother superior. The the Carmelite order is is knows about these things, and because of Papin Dupont's close relations relation to probably every single order present in 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 Tours, uh, both uh, on the secular meaning diocesan level, as well as religious level, he certainly. Uh, came across uh, the stories that were probably coming out little by little from the Carmelite uh, convent about these visions of this nun, which included actually um, visions of the future, such as the apparition of Our Lady, which takes place uh, because we, we forget that Papin Dupont lived during the time that Our Lady of Lourdes appeared to the the children, which is 1858, mm -hmm. right? So the, 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 this is all happening at the same time. Uh, and later on, the other great Carmelite who is inspired by both uh, uh, Saint, excuse me, by both Papin de Pont de Lépine and by uh, Marie de Saint-Pierre is going to be, of course, Therese of Lisieux. Right, the, the 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 little flower, who was born in 1873 and died in 1897. Uh, of course, she she doesn't she's not a contemporary of 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 the of Papin Dupont or of the Carmelite visionaire, but she's definitely influenced by them, and she herself practices the devotion to the Holy Face. So yeah, even Lassalette's involved in this. I'm sorry, the what? Even La Salette's involved in this. Uh, in the Scanlon's book, he had a very good relationship with the Mother Superior. And at the time, it was just yes. three people that knew about the apparitions. It was the sister, uh, Mary Mary St. Pierre, the, spirit, the Superior, and Leon. And he mentioned that the exactly. La Salette basically gave him the... Uh, the green light in a sense, or is Mary's helping in this for the reparation because of the message of reparations in that uh, in that apparition. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's amazing it's amazing how these two things come together. His early notion of reparation, but then the instruction of our Lord of reparation through the visions of uh, Sister Marie de Saint Pierre. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you could not have. It more perfect than that, yeah. and thus have you have the seed that was already in Papin Dupont uh, flower into the the movement which he which he propels and starts 
uh, it's amazing. It's amazing the 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 confluence of the, yeah. of these two things. Because uh, in the uh, in the Holy Face uh, devotion, it talks about a reparation for uh, crimes on the uh, Holy Day, and was last let the first going after people are not obeying the Holy Day, not respecting our Lord's Day. So everything was like you said, everything's entangled. Yes, 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 yes. It's 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 uh, it, it it could not have been planned more perfectly of course we know that the only person that could plan such such things <laughs> as perfectly as those things is our lord there is no doubt about that um and so the interesting story is that after um sister uh, marie de saint pierre dies because she actually dies early on she she dies in uh 1848 uh, -huh. uh so after her death uh naturally there is, I assume, the the what is coming out of the of the convent is her, her many different visions, which were all written, in her in her uh, mystic experience, and the the Carmelite nuns uh, have uh, decided at some point, sort of like in the 1850s or so, that uh, they would like to follow. Uh, the, the 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 orders basically the commandment of our Lord uh, to uh, repair uh, for blasphemy, which uh, Sister Marie de Saint Pierre uh, communicates to them uh, very explicitly by a vision that she has where our Lord tell uh, where she is placed um, at that moment in Calvary uh -huh. uh, where the Lord is suffering. And she sees Veronica, uh, and and uh, placing, of course, the, the the what we would call the towel, but it could be also called the shroud, uh, on the face of of Christ. And then, of course, once removing this, uh, you have that famous imprint uh, that that is believed to be held now at, at the Vatican. And so, the sister Marie de Saint Pierre. Uh, having this vision, she comes to the full realization that just like Veronica uh, attempted to clean away the face of, the, of our Lord that was defiled by spit, by blood, and by sweat, then we ought to do the same. Uh, and that is the, the sort of connection. Uh, because we forget that as our Lord was going uh, on his way to the famous mountain of death or skulls, Calvary, uh, he was being taunted, sped at. Um, uh, he was, he was uh, uh, treated in the worst possible way. And as he went forth to his death, he suffered many insults. Uh, and, and, and so those, those could be a metaphor for um for the for that time which france was living which was the post-revolutionary france where people had forgotten the roots of france in christianity catholicism where people were no longer interested in religion or being pious to our present day right i mean certainly as we have gotten more quote-unquote modern there's been a, a tremendous distanglement between spirituality religion and 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 uh, the modern world so how did and, he get the I mean, what so 
sister has it. It's behind the curtain. It's behind the grill. He knows of it, but how does them? How do them two kind of meet on this? She's already yeah. dead. So did he? Did she have the image? Yeah, get so the, the image to so him. The, exactly. So the so the uh, uh, Carmelite order, um, following what I would assume, following the, the instructions of uh, uh, Sister Marie de Saint Pierre, order. Uh, these engravings, um, I believe two or three, to be brought from Rome. Uh, and these engravings are supposed to be the, the ex almost exact copies, if not the exact copies, uh, of the original that is kept in the Vatican. And two are, are one is kept in a Carmelite monastery convent, another one is is kept in a parish. Uh -huh. And then the third one is given to the Venerable Papin Dupont. So really what, what Papin Dupont does is he does what you would call the praxis uh -huh. or the actual work that theoretically was developed in, as I say in theory, because it was, because it was not fully put to practice since, since, since she died, she died um, very early. Uh -huh. And and her sisters, I'm sure, you know, were, were still grappling with, with all of these uh, revelations and they themselves, you know, uh, perhaps didn't have the, 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 the full notion of how to do this. So what I think what happens is that the Venerable Pan de Pong really puts the theoretical into practice. So he takes the, the, the vision, uh, particularly that one of Calvary and, and Veronique of, of uh, Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, takes that vision, takes, of course, the, the, uh, the imprint or engraving of, of the face of Christ, and then to that he adds the, the part which uh, only he could have done in the sense that, that the Lord... Uh, pre clearly prescribed it for him to do, which was the devotional part. Uh -huh. So he became the example of devotion to what later will become, of course, the veneration of the Holy Face. And then it is the people into both probably religious and uh, secular who start to follow this example. And this comes to materialize actually in the in uh, uh, in, I mean, in about eight, 1850 uh, when the first miracle takes place and it is a completely accidental um, which is also fascinating because you 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 use this is how the Lord works that right. when they when the Bible says he works in mysterious ways clearly <laughs> he means it. Not, the Bible <laughs> is not kidding right? so when he gets the picture, when he gets uh, the, um, the engraving, I should say, because, you know, I don't want to give the wrong impression. This is a photograph. When he gets the engraving, uh, he places it in his parlor where he receives visitors and where he has his desk. Uh, he bought a house um, in Tours at the Rue Saint-Étienne. And his house uh, couldn't be more more beautifully placed. It was basically next to the to the church, so his house was let's call it in a prominent street. Uh, as, as, so there was no doubt that people knew 
This was Papin Dupont's Philippines house, you know, that kind of a thing. It was not a grand house, but it was it was a, a house, you know, that that was definitely, you know, that was comfortable. But it was not a, a what we would think. A, I mean, he didn't buy a castle. He didn't have a castle constructed. He could have. He he, he could have easily bought a, a, a castle. Um, yeah, but no, that he didn't do that. And we know the reasons why, because his purpose was not exterior. It was interior. So he lives in this, you know, modest, comfortable house and he has a parlor, you know, where he receives people. He has his desk. And this is a man, of course, who still has business. I mean, he still has a portfolio in Martinique and, and, and he really is more in the business of giving his money away. Mm -hmm. So people come and, and, and uh, his biographer makes it clear. I mean, his, his, his life was receiving people all over and I mean, hour after hour people were coming in with oh could you do this for us could you do that for us i mean this was his life uh -huh. so he decided that he was going to place a, a a card um in front of his desk that that said people uh, and i'm paraphrasing here from the biographer people can do whatever they want in their house but this is my house and when you are waiting for business I, uh, to uh, oh, excuse me, when business is concluded uh -huh. or you're waiting for for business, uh, please take some time to pray to our Lord. And if you don't like it, you can get out. <laughs> <laughs> Very prepared upon the Philippine style, right? <laughs> this is my house. In this house, we worship the Lord. And whether you are waiting for, you know, for me probably to give you money or, you know, uh -huh. when our business is concluded, you have two options, right? You, you, you get out or you pray. Uh, yeah. And um, this lady, we don't know exactly why she came to see him, but we could assume that, that, that she came, you know, for, for some charity. And uh, this lady apparently was having this issue with her eyes. Uh -huh. And Papin Dupont had decided that when he was going to put, when he put the, the, the engraving, he was also going to put, make sure that a lamp was lit during the holy season. Uh -huh. uh, excuse me, during the Lenten season. Uh -huh. I, just, just so that it could call attention to the, to, to the fact that, the, that, that, that at that time, the church had entered into one of its sacred moments in the liturgy. He had no intention of keeping the the lantern on uh, ongoing forever and ever as 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 it so happened to mm -hmm. have become, but simply just to you know draw the attention of the person that comes in to the Lord and to the fact that it's Lent. Mm -hmm. So this lady comes in during the Lenten season, and she has this thing in her eye, and uh, you know that she's she's sort of you know touching her eye like this and saying it's in pain and pain. Uh, and you know the venerable Papan says, well, why don't you pray while I finish this business other he other well, finish uh, writing these letters, um, and uh, I'll I'll get back to you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I mean, I'll tell you when I'm finished so we can you know we can start uh, dealing with what you came to. And so as the late the lady's praying and Papan finishes writing his letters, he approaches her. And he, he looks at the eye because, you know, the lady will, the lady clearly said, oh, can you look, you know, she, he, she opened the eye and said, can you look and see what's going on in there? Papan says, there's nothing going on there, but she's like, it hurts. I, you know, I'm having issues with it. So we must imagine that these, these lamps, especially in the, during this time were made of whale oil. I mean, that's where people got their fuel. And so this oil that was, that tended to, 
not necessarily drip, but but simply be there in the outskirts of the land, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where you could just simply put your 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 thumb, rub it, and you know, and it would be in your finger already. Mm -hmm. So he basically does that. He takes some of the oil of the lamp, places it on the on the lady, anoints the lady, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, his biographer is not clear exactly if he if Papin Dupont even recites some type of prayer. This is just something that occurred to him. Again, divine inspiration. Uh -huh. This is this is the, the there's no other way to call it. He does this, and lo and behold, a couple of minutes later, the lady is fine. Then another person comes in again for business. I mean, these people are at this point are not even coming in for for the miracles that are that are going to be exploding from his part. Yeah, they don't even know about They're it. Just yet. coming in for normal business. It's like oh my thing aches yeah. right in front of uh, our lord uh and you know uh, before you go i'll put some some uh, some lamp oil and hopefully it will work I, I think that's basically the mindset that he was having here but one after another after another started to cure i mean it started to get to become well people with serious issues not just rheumat you know rheumat rheumatized or arthritis but major major issues and within a period of um a week his biographer reports that there were 20 miracles attributed to the to the holy face slash the lamp oil yeah i hear that and the... that is the birth of the 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 connection between the lamp oil miracles and the adoration or excuse me the veneration to the holy face yeah, people start writing in, even just calling him the holy man of tours, and the postman knew who it was, not even with a name. Uh, just yes. people were asked for vials of uh, of the oil, and he just gave yes. it away. And, yes, uh, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, by the end of his life, he, he was corresponding with what we assume many, many people throughout Europe, people as far away as as, as Italy or or maybe. Uh, the the UK, but also the town was exploding with pilgrim with pilgrims, because at this point you know the the tomb had 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 been rediscovered. There was already the the um, the story of the of uh, the, the visions of Sister uh, Marie de Saint Pierre. You also had the the Lourdes miracle. Uh -huh. So. You could say that France was going through a, a a religious revival, and so Tours again became a a, a hotspot for pilgrimages, as it uh, it was before the French Revolution. Yeah, so um, I think his biographer so said that there was volumes could be written about all the miracles that came from his house, the volumes of it. I mean, just not one, but there was an S at the end of that. Uh, the cardinals would show up, bishops. If we assume, if we assume that in one week there were twenty, according to his biographer, imagine, imagine because the his uh, well, uh, you know, he at the end of the day because of the quantity of people that, that were coming in and so forth, he turned his parlor into an oratory, uh, and and we do have pictures uh, of that, what it what it looked like. Um, uh, he he turned it basically into, into an oratory. He put an altar rail. He 
I don't know if he was allowed to to keep the holy sacrament there. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But from the picture, it seems that he might have been allowed to have the holy sacrament there. But certainly, it, 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 it had the look of a little chapel. It had the altar rail. It, it had a form of altar. There, of course, was the lamp. There, of course, was the holy face. And so uh, pe people from all over, we assume France, perhaps other parts of Europe, passed by to not only to 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 pray at the uh, tomb of St. Martin, but also to pray um, at, in front of the engraving of the holy face and be blessed by the by the oil. So if we can assume that in if in a week, you know, 20 people were cured, how many from let's say 1860 to 1878 when he died. Yeah, the uh, now if you read the Golden Arrow, you get the letters that Sister Marie did, but this is kind of like before and after. You get the first half, then you get the Golden Arrow, then you get this half because the second half he speaks of uh, the bishop heard about everything, but kind of sat on it for years, and it took another. Was it was it a cardinal that came in that couldn't speak, and was cured and was a good friend of that bishop, and still years later, it took, I think the cardinal brought his entire family back in, and it was like, all right, well my sister needs curing, my mama needs curing, my grandma needs curing, the guy off the street they bring in, and the bishop finally finds out about all these miracles, saying, I didn't know this guy, I never heard this guy's voice before until. You cured him, and then uh, I guess on his deathbed, almost was when the uh, the writings got approved. Right, right, all, all the way uh, basically towards the end of his life. Um, the but I think for for him, it it was probably never about recognition of any sort because he was there was no doubt he was accomplishing God's will. He had found finally his vocation. And uh, I think that that's, that's also part of the story that no matter if he would have never been recognized or he would have, or, or, or he would have simply, you know, uh, have had less attention, it would have probably not have mattered to him because he was, he was really, it appears that he was very much uh, a humble person or we should say attempted to be as humble as possible. In fact, he, when he was uh, dying in the last, uh, eight days he, he had gout at the end and then he uh um he was paralyzed uh, so he could no longer do some of the things he he wanted such, such as reading and writing um his his servant uh kept asking him to call uh to get to give the order to call the priest to give him the last rites or as it was called in his time the viaticum mm -hmm. and he would say no i am not worthy i am unworthy uh, who am I for for God to come to me? I mean, I think that that says it all. And finally, finally, um, uh, he accepts uh, uh, the 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 holy accepts for for his servant to send uh, for a priest to bring him in uh, the holy sacrament instead of him probably 
what he wanted was to to crawl on his knees and and go in that state to 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 church. So you see, that that, that that's the sort of a spirituality or 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 deep deep devotion he had to the to the Eucharist, and 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 again shows his 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 humility and his in his understanding that in that amazing story of the veneration of the holy face uh he is but an instrument mm -hmm. and then afterwards after that was it leo 13th approved it and then after that it basically exploded archbishops from all over uh the world especially in new orleans start picking up on right, it right which makes sense given given the connection to to france yeah it, it's it's also amazing as I, I i did a bit research on 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 bibliographic research on what has been written on him that uh he, a biography you know of, of 300 plus pages was published really within only three years after his death um in fact uh, La, uh father janvier is the second uh, biographer. Um, his first biographer, I, I, I forgot his name, but uh, he, he publishes in about uh, 78 a, a biography. Uh, Pierre uh, Janvier publishes uh, uh, his in, in 1880. And that one is the one that is has, has been picked up the, the most and translated into Spanish, English, and uh, uh, German. So the uh, the the one that I read it was is the English translation of the biography of Jean Vier, and, and that was published uh, in Baltimore in 1882. Hmm. So that was that 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 also tells us how quote unquote world famous he, he must have been at the time for for a biography you know a, a 300 200 plus biography uh, to be translated into three four languages within two years at that at that time is quite quite something to take note of um and so i and 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 then in in english we we sort of have uh the last biography or, or which are really if they're more sort of uh compendiums of 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 Jean Vier's work and this earlier priest, uh, with other you know little parts added, uh, I think the last one was probably in the 1950s, right? What have you found, Steve? I, I think the 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 last one in English was was published in 52. Dorothy Scalan, right? Right. She publishes the Holy of Tours. That one is republished in, in by Tan. In fact, um, for the viewers who are interested. Uh, ten uh, publishers they have republished that one. That one is 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 more accessible than the the ones that um, that I'm mentioning, which is the uh, 1878, 1880, 1882. So they got the trilogy. Another one. They have the trilogy, but they have the two Dorothy Scallon books. The one with Saint uh, Therese, the world will love me. All the world will love me, which is part three of the series. Ah, Holy Manators and the Golden Arrow. So I think all three are supposed to be almost read together. Yes, I'm sure. I I I I I have only read the biography. I'm I'm actually now reading the 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 writings of the of uh, of Sister uh, Saint uh, of Sister Marie Saint Pierre, um, which are which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, oh, 
And then there is a there is the 1962 publication "Show Us Your Face" by Brother Gerard Hangman. That one is a dif difficult to get your hands on, but it's it's out there. It, it comes up uh, for those interested. It, it comes up uh, through Amazon and or eBay. Uh, but the ones that you can get your hands on uh, are the ten ones. And I and I noticed that uh, Amazon.com, not to give money to Mr. <laughs> Bezos, but unfortunately, uh, they have is uh, they they are in, in they they sell books that are republished uh, old books, and you can actually get for about you know twenty bucks the English translation of Father uh, Pierre Janvier. So if you're really really interested in 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 everything from A through Z, that one is available, and that's uh, that's a huge one. That's about uh, over 500 pages. Yeah, I just saw that the other day and bought it, so it's it should be here in the next couple of days. So uh... oh, well, there you go, Steve. <laughs> there you go. There but you go. I, was, I was reading um, this, and again, just to prep for this, and it mentioned that book. I'm going. Let me try. Let me see if I can find it. Yes. Um, yes. What else, what final thoughts you can say on this? Because this is this is an apparition that, uh, the Holy Face apparition of St. Mary, is she is the only one that mentions communism by name. We have a global communist takeover, basically. Uh, Leo is having all these miracles associated with it. There's devotions all over the place on this topic. You, I got people from Ireland sent me that one. That's over there in the corner. Uh, so... What oh, can yes, people, I, 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 I noticed that. Yeah, what can people, what do you, what do you, what can people do uh, besides the obvious? This is softball. Uh, just kind of wrap everything up to grow in devotion to the Holy Face and maybe help Leo become a saint. Well, we certainly, we certainly need the help of all viewers uh, to, to bring Leo or Leon Papin Dupont de Lépine to the altars of our church and certainly uh, telling his story uh, in connection to these other stories because there's, it's impossible to understand uh, Leon without understanding uh, sister, you know, the, the work and life of sister um, uh, Marie de Saint-Pierre and of course, uh, you know, in connection to uh, the the apparition of Lourdes, and then uh, and then in connection to the little flower. I mean, these 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 people and their lives and their time period are all interrelated. Uh, and and I think we need, of course, uh, a rekindling of devotion to the Holy Face, uh, especially when it comes to repairing uh, the modern examples of blasphemy. Uh, that are all around us, unfortunately, and will continue because that's the nature of of the world. As the world becomes gross or becomes more, more modern and so forth, more and more is it difficult to uh, maintain, retain um, these these wonderful uh, practices of devotion and and uh, growth in spirituality. So I've written to the Vatican. Yeah. Uh, twice and to the congregation uh, that deals with with saints, uh, they have uh, replied to me and they said to me that uh, our friend Leon is uh, one miracle away from being proclaimed 
the next step, which would uh, which would be beatified. Uh, so for his beatification, he is indeed in need of one miracle. So that would be wonderful if in my lifetime something like that could happen and and uh, he would move from being the venerable Papin Dupont to the uh, Beatum Ven uh, Papin Dupont. But what, what is uh, what is the title in? I forget in English for for beatification. Beat beatified. Beat beatified. Yeah. Oh, beatified. Yes. 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 Because uh, in 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 Latin is Beatum Beata. So I I, I edit. So that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful if in our lifetime that that could happen. It's just amazing. Um, He's the apostle to the Holy Face. They, Pius the Ninth said he was the greatest miracle worker in the history of the Catholic Church, and he's one miracle away from just becoming beatified. <laughs> yes, and I have to say that um, you know it's incredible since I since I put uh, since I established the, the Facebook uh, page on on on. Um, Venerable Papan, I do get a lot of messages from many parts of the world which 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 know of him. Um, Philip, the Philippines. I got a message from the Philippines one day. I got a message from from Costa Rica in South America, and uh, of course several from from the U.S. And so he somehow somehow he's he's, he's known even in these parts of the world. Um, and they all ask for. The holy oil. Uh, so, so I I will make it my uh, my my reparation, if you like. Not, of course, to get the real oil because unfortunately the lamp no longer burns, if I'm not mistaken. But at least oil that has touched the lamp uh, for the people that are wanting to receive the oil. So that is that is my 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 goal. For the next uh, year, hopefully that I will be able to to make that come true. And if I make that come true, of course, I will make sure that uh, whoever wants oil uh, oil touched by the lamp can have it. Or how about uh, maybe someone could put the hang the image up, hang an image of Leo up, put a lamp up near him. Who knows? Uh, and I, now well, they'll burn your house down hand. over it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, but that, that that would be wonderful. And I do get many requests for the oil. Um, and, and and at first I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm like, what oil? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marv, appreciate your insight. Thank you very much Thank for all this. Thank you very this, much, uh... Steve. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, many blessings to you and your, and your ministry. And of course, to all the viewers. Uh, may the Venerable Papin Dupont uh, help you during this time, of course, of need, and uh, pray for his uh, beneficiation. Take care.